Hey guys, welcome back to Chris and Harry Unplugged, episode 21. My name is Chris Mowry. I'm a Gen Z liberal. I uh, started TikTok about a year ago and hopped right into the uh, social media political field that is ever-evolving to try to get Democrats and Joe Biden elected. That is, that is me. And I'm Harry Sisson. I'm also a 21-year-old liberal who's been doing TikTok for close to four years now. We've been working, we've both been working in politics in some capacity for a while now. We did, we, we both do short form and now we're also have a podcast on top of it so we can talk more liberal politics you know we can scream about liberal politics in, in a, a longer way. form That's yeah right. right in a different way every uh monday at 1 p.m so for those of you returning appreciate you being here we're going to uh change up the pot the format of the podcast we told you we took a break uh, we really want to make this the best possible, and so that's what we're going to do. So now every single week you come here, uh, I'm going to bring a story to Harry that we're going to talk about. Harry's going to bring a story to me, and we're going to talk about it, kind of surprise each other um, with our political stories of the week. And obviously um, it will flow into mainstream news, probably a ton of stories that you have not heard, um, and it should just be a really great time. So, yeah, if you're listening Monday, 1 o'clock, happy Monday. Harry, what, uh, what was your weekend like, man? What was your was your week yeah. like really we haven't talked we have i mean it's been a few days yeah so, yeah man on? it's 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 been uh it's been busy you know i got finals and and school is really heating up in, in that capacity you know politics is still going on in the background as well you know it's just been just been messy um you know all that good stuff how about you man how was your week good. overall good man good just uh hanging in there trying to you know you and i've been doing those live streams on tiktok that have been yeah. quite entertaining debates on tiktok trying to line those up you know push content you and I, I destroyed my sleep schedule. Absolutely, absolutely, like unequivocally <laughs> destroying you in every video game you picked. Oh, on, on wow. Play, I mean, this place. guy's trash. <laughs> on the I beat this guy in literally every yeah. video game, right? So He's Harry, talking all this smack on Harry a podcast, and I, brother. Right. Harry and I decided we'd nuke our sleep schedules. Just like, you know, one day, 3 a.m. turned to 4 a.m. turned to like sunrise of us <laughs> of us playing Modern Warfare and Madden. Uh. And, Fortnite and yeah this guy's not good at video games but like, yeah I, I mean uh, you know i remember the other night it was like 6 30 in the morning chris literally threw his remote at the wall because i kept yeah, beating right, him in right, madden yeah, bro happened. it was terrible right yeah for sure <laughs> that definitely um, happened but uh, yeah it's been, it's been a good week it's been a good week um so yeah i say we just hop right into it what do you think yeah let's just hop right into it you know what all right let's go with your story first i, wa- I want to be surprised my- off the get-go man i just want to know what's going okay. on okay I like it, dude. What my hair? If you're watching on YouTube right now, man, the hair is going every which way, every which direction. All right, <laughs> so we're gonna pull this up for our YouTube viewers, and obviously, if you're listening on audio, I'll read it to you. Now, there's a little bit of a of a starter with this. If you're familiar right now, it's all over national news. There's a woman named Katie Cox in Texas who um, is pregnant with a non-viable pregnancy. Her baby has a fetal, uh, I'm sorry, a fatal anomaly, meaning that her baby will not survive the pregnancy um it's it's virtually impossible uh and with that it is posing a risk to her health you know i mean she could get seriously ill um from a a baby being um being inside her body that passes and also if that does happen and she's forced to keep the baby inside of her she will um have poses a serious risk to her fertility as well so we're talking about the life of the mother at risk, the baby is not going to survive, et cetera. Now, Texas has very, very strict abortion laws. Um, and so this was really one of the first lawsuits of its time after the first lawsuit after Roe v. Wade. You know, she said this is just a lot of Democrats and her as well say this is this is torture. You know, I should I, I need an abortion. 
um, and a lower court ruled in favor of her. And then the Supreme Court in Texas stepped in and actually ruled against her. And the attorney general in Texas, Ken Paxton, uh, and you may have, have heard of Ken Paxton before. He has literal felonies on his ballot. He's not a good guy. Um, Ken Paxton stepped in and said, um, basically, you're not going to get this abortion. And he threatened to sue any hospital. He specifically mentioned three hospitals and threatened to sue them if they tried to give Katie Cox an abortion. Dude, my hair is going ballistic. Um, so it was absolutely disgusting. And as of right now, Monday, 1 P Monday um, December 11th, Katie Cox is not able to get an abortion. Now, that has been all over national news because obviously it's showing the huge ramifications of Roe v. Wade. Um, and even when they say that there's an exception, if, if the mother's life is at risk, clearly there's not. Now, there's one more story, actually, and another lawsuit that almost nobody is familiar with that was filed pretty much alongside Katie Cox and was the second lawsuit of its time after Roe v. Wade. Same concept wow. in Kentucky. In Kentucky so I'm gonna go ahead and pull this up um, this is present as we're recording uh, the story has been updated sorry about the, the ads but uh, you see this is from the Lexington Herald Kentucky woman sue state over abortion ban so she can terminate her pregnancy a Kentucky woman Friday filed an emergency class action lawsuit asking a Jefferson County judge to allow her to terminate her pregnancy can you see the screen by the way I can yeah wait when when was this this was, um, let's see. So this is a this is a different video that I'm actually going to play. But this article was posted on December. It was updated on oh. December eighth. So, so it's like relatively Friday. recently that she filed this lawsuit. It was like really recently, like literally okay. this past weekend. Okay. Um, it's the first lawsuit of its kind in Kentucky since the state ban nearly all abortions in 2022, etc. So it was obviously Katie Cox filed her um, her lawsuit this weekend, and this woman did the same. Um, she's going by Jane Doe. She does not want to be named, understandably, because this is, you know, Katie Cox is going through the most traumatic experience of her life on national television. Um, so I, I really feel for Katie Cox. But she's eight weeks pregnant. Now, Katie Cox is, is like 20 weeks pregnant. So there's some people there who say, you know, X, Y, and Z. But eight weeks pregnant. Um, and she's seeking a, a, an abortion because, same concept, her baby will not survive the pregnancy. Um, and she is not legally allowed to do so because of the Kentucky abortion ban that is pretty much – it, it's a very strict same concept as, um, as Texas. Um, just just, just – there, there is really no – again, when you see these things um, in, in these states where they say, oh, there's an exception for, for uh, rape or incest or when the, li when the mother uh, – when the life of the mother is at risk – sorry – uh, really, in reality, that's not very enforceable. It's it's very unclear how that works, and we're starting to see this now because what Democrats have mentioned and very few people mention is that there's no process in a lot of these states that have these very very strict abortion laws, and they say, okay, well we're gonna we have exceptions, but there's no clear process on how to actually get those exceptions. And some are saying, some Republicans have said, like if you get sexually assaulted and you get pregnant and you you know, via their written law, you you are allowed to get an abortion. Uh, some Republicans have said you need to show up to a court of law in front of a judge and prove that you were sexually assaulted. Um, and obviously that adds a whole nother layer. We're talking about women get sexually assaulted. It's very difficult 
for that to be reported because it's such a traumatic experience. Now, you to get an abortion from the person who sexually assaulted you, you have to prove to a judge. But wh- how does that even, you know, there's a lot of question marks there. So regardless of that, um, you know, this was filed in Jefferson County Court. Um, and it's a class action lawsuit to see if other women will come forward. Um, because of, you know, the, the lawsuit says here, Jane Doe brings this action on behalf of herself and a class of simi- similarly situated people who are now or later who now or later become pregnant and seek an abortion in Kentucky but cannot obtain one in the Commonwealth because of the challenged abortion ban. In a news release, Jane Doe said that she was uh, proud to be a Kentuckian and I love the life and family I've built here, but I'm angry that now I am pregnant and do not want to be. The government is interfering in my private matters and blocking me from having an abortion. Um, you know, and, and then it goes on to say that there's obviously been pending lawsuits between Kentucky and abortion providers about some of the legality about this. And you can check out this article. Like mm. I said, it's in the Lexington Herald. But, you know, almost nobody knows and no one's talking about alongside Kate Cox this second lawsuit. Right. Um, this is interesting, man. And, um, and and I thought it was very fascinating um, because, <clears throat> you know, uh, essentially, essentially, I think that we're going to start to see a lot more of these lawsuits take place. And I think my hope is on a national level, people are going to really start to see the ramifications of no Roe v. Wade. And I think that's kind of what you and I have tried to do on social media. With right. a lot of these stories, we talked extensively in a past podcast about a um, little girl who had just started first grade who was right, sexually right. assaulted in her backyard and not right. able to get an abortion. And those type of stories don't get a lot of national attention. And that's really where Democrats need to say, this is the, this is the ramification of not having access to abortion. You know, um, and obviously, you know, you can get into a contested debate about uh Obviously, they, they should have a constitutional right to have an abortion regardless of, you know, the circumstance. But you're seeing, you know, people whose lives are at risk, Katie Cox and this other woman holding babies that could potentially kill them. And you have the attorney general of Texas coming forward and saying, you know, uh, good luck. If if right. any doctor is willing to do this, we will take you to criminal court. And, and yeah. Yeah, dude. I thought I what I so we. The, the second lawsuit is new to me, but obviously we've both made videos about Katie Cox. We've talked about her a little bit more. And what I thought was really disgusting is how she went to you know the court. She got a court order. But Ken Paxton, and this is why she sued the state, Ken Paxton was like, yeah, she hasn't proved that the baby could kill her or could hurt her in any capacity, or the fetus, I should say, could hurt her in any capacity. And you have these doctors talking about um, how it could lead to a uterine rupture. It could lead to a hysterectomy for her. Uh, it could lead to her not being fertile ever again. And, um, you know, Ken Paxton's just like, no, no, sorry, you can't get an abortion. Mm. And what's, what's, it's like, I, I'm not quite sure how much more you need to do. She also, the original woman, in kind of connection to this lawsuit you met referencing here, Katie Cox went to the emergency room three to four times with different pregnancy symptoms, and it's still not enough. So, like, I think what this this second lawsuit highlights, and of course the issue with Katie Cox, among the other lawsuits that probably have gone under the radar relatively, is that Republicans are making it nearly impossible for a woman to control her own body, make decisions for her and her family under any circumstance. And as you were mentioning earlier, I was kind of thinking while you were listening or while you were talking about like, you know, rape or incest um, exceptions. 
And it is incredibly hard to prove, and it is incredibly hard in a Republican state with Republican judges to get them to be like, yeah, you probably you, you deserve the right to get an abortion because with a rapist, for example, you have to like, oh, this person raped me. How do you prove that in that amount of time? How do you prove it until in, – because in, in, that's a – rape cases can right. take forever. And with incest cases, like what happens if said person doesn't want to take a DNA test or a blood test to be like, yeah, this person actually right. did commit incest. And then you have to get a court order for a DNA test, and that takes ages. And it's just like it is an impossible task, you know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And like, again, I think it just like goes to the further – I think a lot of people listening are are probably just infuriated at the idea that like – we even have to have this nuanced conversation of like, how am I supposed to prove that, you know, what are the procedures to prove that somebody sexually assaulted me? What are the procedures to prove that my pregnancy is non-viable? It's like, there should, this, this shouldn't even exist, period. This should not exist. And again, you know, because 2016 um, and, and, you know, Democrats losing that election, Donald Trump was able to appoint his, his Supreme Court judges. And, and unfortunately we lost um, you know, women lost the constitutional right to an abortion. But I think that, you know, it's just I'm really hoping that, you know, abortion is such a winning issue for mm. Democrats. I think I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the the polling that, you know, um, and regardless of what we think about the polling right now, it's been apparently clear that Democrats strongest issue at the ballot box is abortion. And I'm really hoping that, you know, um, you know, that these stories get more national attention obviously i i i don't i don't want these stories to exist at all um i think katie cox and this jane doe woman in kentucky and probably thousands of other women are going through absolute hell um but i hope that we can bring enough light to these issues to say you know this is this is life in 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 um in america under republicans and it just doesn't make sense you know I, I talk to people on the ground all the time who say you know like I, I say you know I live in a main, a very conservative area right so they say like I'm just tired of the government you know invading in my in my personal you know uh decision making my my life it's kind of this idea I know you live in Manhattan um and Manhattan's a busy area but I tell people all the time that you know when you live in I'm from Atlanta so when you live in the, the, the middle of Atlanta, when I grow up in the middle of Atlanta, I can very clearly see how the government and the government bodies, both federally and locally, are literally ne are absolutely necessary to continue to have this beautiful city function the way it does, right? Whereas I'm now in a suburb of, of Kennesaw, Georgia, going to school, and right above me is Canton, Georgia. You start to get really rural, the Marjorie Taylor Greene District. When you drive up there, it's when you live that lifestyle, it's very apparent you know, I don't want the government involved in anything. They can they can self-sustain. The federal government and the local government could disappear in a lot of these northern Georgia mountains, and no one would notice. They they self-sustain, right? They they hmm. do their thing, and so, you know, they say, and that's the that's that's the divide. A lot of people say, I don't want the government in my business. Well, okay, you don't want the government in, in your business, so why the fuck, um, excuse my language, is the government involving themselves in you know? healthcare decisions between a woman and her body it's it's you know the hypocrisy there is is mind-boggling no and but that's the thing it's like there are there are actually a lot of communities in the united states that are somewhat you know somewhat self-sustaining right you know somewhat to a degree um but what happens when someone in that community gets assaulted and then they need to go get have an abortion right. you know that they they're, they're only right. you're only self-sustaining to an extent to the point where it's like okay if that happens in your community to a loved one which is tragic 
then you actually need the government to be protecting your rights or the people in government to be protecting your rights. And, you know, not a single Republican is going to do that. And, um, you know, it is really sad to see all these stories. I mean, we're just it feels like it feels like we're getting them constantly, even though they're not being talked about enough. And the reality is, is that if Republicans win, it's only going to get worse, possibly even a national ban or any, you know, whatever happens there. So, so I'm sorry if I butt in. I, I, I'm, no, I'm sorry to butt in. I actually have a question for you because you would know this better than I do mm-hmm. because you keep up with a lot of the um, – I don't know how to say this, but in certain areas in politics, you're much more informed. So you know, in, I guess it's very up in the air, but in 2024, I mean, what's really the likelihood that let's say – you know, I think you and I can, can agree that, that Joe Biden – and a lot of this also depends on – local elections because local elections are very important for the makeup of congress etc but let's talk let's talk federally for a second you know if joe biden loses god forbid which he won't but in a hypothetical world he loses you know what's really the reality that they have the votes for i mean the national abortion ban like what does that what does that really do you really think that that's something that's that's plausible and that they'll they'll be able to to rally behind and and make happen yeah absolutely and i think like in my view, it's definitely plausible, but and a lot of people don't think that it is. Like you know, I think like an average American would be like, "Oh, it never, ha- it's never going to happen." But that's the same thing we said with Roe. It's never going to be overturned. Roe, right? It's never, it's never going to happen, and right. then it does. And then you're like, "Shit, I, I have to go out of the country if I want to get the procedure." I think that there's a decent likelihood that it happens. And what I mean by that is, if Trump gets elected, and they Republicans get the Senate, and the Republicans keep the House, and the Senate's a tough map for for us this year, tough map. Republicans keep the yeah, Senate or get, at, take the Senate. I was looking at yeah. it the other day. I'm sorry, go right? ahead. No, you're good. It, it, there are plenty of different states Republicans could get elected in. If it's like a red wave, which hopefully it's not, I don't think it will be, but if it is, plenty of states Republicans can pick up a seat. And, you know, they already have the House. So if they maintain that House majority and if Donald Trump wins, you know, Republicans always talk about not being against the filibuster. But when it comes to reproductive rights, they seem to be all in on taking it away. They could abolish the filibuster, get it past the House, get it past the Senate, and then Donald Trump would sign it into law. I mean, I want to remind everybody that Donald Trump's the guy in 2015 who said there has to be some form of punishment for women, for the women who get abortions. This guy is not someone who's going to protect your rights. This is not something that's out of the realm of possibility. It's very, very possible, excuse me, possible, if not likely, if Republicans win. Um, so, you know, we're, instead of instead of hearing about... These, these stories of, you know, the little girl in Mississippi or this woman in Kentucky or, uh, or Katie Cox in Texas, imagine that everywhere, California, New York, Oregon, all of these liberal states, it'll be the reality for everybody at that point. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I do think it's possible. I mean, but I know, I know you know, you, you asked me the question. I'm just kind of curious, like, what do you think? Like, do you think it's possible? Like, yeah, no. I know I, we might disagree I, about it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I actually, I do. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. Like, it very much depends a lot on them obviously like even if god forbid there's a red wave and they have the majority you know a lot what are, what do a lot of those seats look like and what does a national abortion ban on paper look like and um and uh what you know how that all kind of plays out but i think that like the thing that's kind of missing from people's minds when i talk to them as well is that like people don't understand that that's something donald trump wants to do i think they understand that like that's something republicans are very you know uh staunch about but often when i talk to even trump supporters they're you know n- not really under the impression that donald trump is 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 willing 
or uh, able to do something like that. You know, we've seen Donald Trump on a stage for a variety of political reasons at certain points step away from, you know, being very, very staunchly pro-life in his words. But, you know, multiple times very recently, he takes direct credit oh, via tweets, via um, true social, via, you know, his own words saying, I was the one who overturned Roe v. Wade. I did it, me personally, and I'm proud of it. Like, you know, this is a guy that if he has the votes, he will sign a national abortion ban. There's no question. Uh, and I think that's like what's missing in people's minds. And that I hope like Democrats take forward is not only these stories, amplifying these stories, but also like making sure that voters are aware in their mind. Like, you know, Donald Trump will do this if he has the votes. You know what I mean? Mm. And I really it really bothers me. And I think we're kind of seeing this rhetoric a lot right now. It really bothers me when people are like, oh, you're just fear mongering. Like, I think we're seeing it kind of from the far left right now of people being like, you're just trying to scare us into voting for Joe Biden. Or you're even he's seeing it from the far right, the MAGA saying, oh, you're just trying to fear monger about Donald Trump. He's not a dictator. He won't do this or that. And it's like, how many times do the American people have to be slapped in the face with reality in terms of like Roe being overturned and all these terrible things that Trump did before we start like taking what the Republicans are saying seriously? I mean, well, you know, it's just insane right. to me. Right. No, exactly. And like, I think that's the last point is exactly that. Like, there's too many people who like, you know, as I've as I've grown in politics over the last year, and if there's anyone listening, maybe you're, you know, trying to, you know, you're just interested in politics, or maybe you haven't been, you know, super into it, but you kind of are interested in the upcoming 2024 election. Uh, my, my main message to you would be that, you know, politics flip on a dime in the sense that the 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 average voter and what they're thinking and kind of the atmosphere the feeling in the air um flips very 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 fast and so you know when you're as i've the main thing i've taken away from the last you know just like a little over a year being very invested in this is seeing you know people seem to the recency bias it's like sports if you watch sports and some like fucking nba player goes absolutely ballistic and everyone's like oh that guy's so good but they forgot the last you know last like 15 games where you know he he played terribly it's like recency bias in sports is a big thing recency bias in politics is a big thing people just seem to i talk to them and they're like oh you know that it's it's people are fear-mongering about trump like he would never do anything that bad it's like yeah that's exactly what people who didn't show up to vote in 2016 said you know when democrats said you know it's possible hypothetically that he could appoint a certain amount of justices if you know god forbid people pass away or retire and then we could lose roe v wade donald trump's presidency could be really tragic and a bunch of people who didn't want to show up to vote said, you're fear-mongering about it. And then we lost Roe v. Wade, and a bunch of really tragic things happened. So now we're back at the same place where the same people are saying, you know, I'm retired of the fear-mongering. And I'm so validated in this now by saying, like, you know, we're, we're it's, it's not even us. It's not even, like, two little dumb liberal kids saying, oh, my God, Donald Trump's going to do this. It's coming from his mouth. It's coming from their his advisors that he's planning yeah. to, you know, appoint or whatever. They are telling you via interview. They are telling you on national television what they plan to do. They write up with something like Project 2025 to gut the EPA to burn as many fossil fuels as possible. I tell people that they say you're fear mongering. I say, I didn't tell you that. They wrote it. They wrote an 80 page document that's public. It's not coming from our mouths, it's coming from theirs. And I would listen to them seriously. No, and that, well, and I said this in a TikTok video recently. Like, I actually made a video on, like, nobody's trying to scare you into voting for Biden. That was the purpose of the video. And I said, like, my main point is, like, 
you don't have to listen to me. You can think I'm a, a Gen Z liberal dumbass who, you know, why would you be listening to a 21-year-old kid? That's fine. Don't listen. Listen to the words that are coming out of their mouth. Like, that's kind of aside from just the, the issue of reproductive rights, just generally, Donald Trump has said multiple times now that he's going to be a dictator for one day. He says, I'm going to be a dictator for one day. But he's still saying, I'm going to be a dictator. I want to be a dictator. And I think that any American politician who wants to be the president of the United States should not be saying that they're going to be a dictator for any reason. Whatever, I don't care. He's saying, I want to be a dictator to drill and build the wall. I don't care what the reason is. You could be wanting to be a dictator to give um, fluffy bears to every kid in the United States. I don't care. No, no. Nah, so, nah that's, a, that's, that's, you know, we're living in a foreign world now, Harry. You say, yeah. I really don't want any presidential candidate at all saying anything at all remotely close to saying <laughs> i want to be a dictator but no that's a bad take now that's no like, it's a bad ridiculous. take dude no it's fear-mongering yeah. i'm like well he all here's right. the video of him saying it and they're like no nah, it didn't happen like I, aside from this just kind of like off topic again i had a debate and this is kind of t to speaks to the trump supporter mentality and not all but some i had a debate tonight with a trump supporter i'm like yeah like trump is a proven sexual abuser found liable of sexual abuse in a court of law and he's like no he, no it didn't happen i'm like Yes, it, he's like, no, it didn't. I'm like, okay, let's look at the court papers. I show him it. It's, it's embedded in a New York Times article. He's like, no, that's fake. I'm like, what, what do you mean? You can look this up. For your, it, he's like, no, 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 it's fake. I'm like, that's obviously, nothing's real anymore. They, I could see the trial. He said, it, nothing's real in America anymore. I could see the trial happening in front of my face, and I wouldn't believe it. And I'm like, how, like, how do we reach these people? How do yeah, we tell them I, that like, I mean, their well, fundamental rights are on I, the line? That's a good question. It's a good you know? question. And... Yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a would be a good ep, a good topic for an episode because I question that all the time. I'm like, how do you reach? How do you have conversations? And I this is such a divisive word, and I hate it. But I watched that debate. I watched you live debate that guy. Yeah, and that's where like I I almost like look up how psychiatrists recommend. I'm I'm very um, like pat. You know, this is semi also unrelated. Very passionate about mental health. Um, I've been kind of like in the mental health field my whole life. Um, I've listened to quite a few doctors. It's, a, it's just, I, I enjoy it. It's not something I'm going to do for my career, but I find it very fascinating. Anyways, but uh, you start to look up like what psychiatrists and therapists recommend. How do you talk to a family member about, about you know, you may be in a C-U-L-T. You know, you may be going down that realm. Let's, let's help you. Because at the point that you're looking at like federal, you know, court documents and you're like, no, nah, it's not real. It's only real if it comes out of Trump's mouth. We're we're in trouble. No, we're in trouble. We're in like, trouble. It, it, like we're very. And look, the reason I bring up this story is because it connects to the original thing we were talking about. It's like Trump's terrible policy doesn't discriminate in the term in terms of which specific group of people it's going to affect. So this gentleman I was talking to this evening, if Donald Trump gets into law into into office and signs a national abortion ban into law, if his daughter. If his wife, anybody he knows, God forbid, God forbid, gets assaulted, Trump's ban doesn't discriminate. It'll apply to him and his family as well. Right. And this right. is this is the crucial point. It's like when we're talking about what we advocate for, you and me, and I know like so many amazing people that are watching who are doing terrific work in this field as well. When we're talking about the things we advocate for, we're not just advocating for them for the blue states. We're not just advocating for these policies for Democrats. We're advocating for them for all Americans. And it is very troubling to me that we see Donald Trump and just the Republicans generally pushing this anti-choice policy, among other things, and they, for some reason, believe that they're immune or that it's just they can ignore it enough. And then 
you know, it won't happen to them or something like that. It is, and again, like maybe, maybe the right route is to go look at how psychiatrists present things to people, how professionals in this field do it, because it's like, how do you convince these people who are fellow Americans that their rights are also on the line as well? And I don't know. I don't know the answer, man. Right. Exactly. No, exactly. It's, it's very well said. It's something that we will continue to ponder deeply um, up until 2024. Uh, go ahead, Harry. Let's let's hear your story. Let's. I, yeah, I'm man. excited for this. So this actually, what we were just talking about, kind of segues nicely into what we were just mentioning. So again, I told Chris the topic ahead of hand, ahead of time. He hasn't read the article, but a, a recent Axios article came out, exclusive to the paper, um, about some discussions being had in the Trump world for a potential cabinet for people he would want serving in his, his cabinet, in his presidency, in the executive branch, and other positions that the president appoints. And man, is it scary. So uh, we're going go to go through this article together um, because it, it's just not good. And you might actually uh, see some of the pictures down here. So it's called Behind the Curtain. It's an exclusive. How Trump will whoa, build whoa, his... Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. I see three very unfortunate pictures. Now, oh, very familiar at the top left. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Get, no, 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 no. It gets worse. This is how Trump would build his loyalty first cabinet. You know these people are here, Chris, the top three? Yes, I, I'm, I'm familiar. So for yeah, the know, viewers, you know, yeah, so, so for ahead. the people on YouTube or the audio people, there's a picture on here in this article. And these three names are mentioned in the article. It's, it's three out of six pictures we're showing on the screen right now. The far left is Stephen Miller, former Trump advisor, uh, current lunatic. J.D. Vance, current senator from Ohio, current idiot. Uh, Steve Bannon, criminal defendant and lunatic. Those are three people already being discussed about a, to serve in a potential Trump term. Now I'm going to reveal these last three pictures, and I just want—I want Chris's genuine reaction to who we're looking at here. Are you ready, dude? I'm actually scared. <laughs> See this guy in the middle? That is not Tucker Carlson. <laughs> that in the is middle. that is for Tucker what, Carlson. For what fucking? Oh, for what position? For what oh. fucking position? Oh, we're gonna that get there, insane. buddy. That is insane. What is we're gonna this, get there. dude? This yeah, is yeah. crazy. Wait, who we're, is we're... that on the far right? Uh, this, I think, right. is Mike Davis. Uh, he's also included in this article. I think, he, well, his name is right here. I think, he's, I think that's Mike Davis. Uh, but this right, this guy, uh, you might know him. His name is Cash Patel. You are, are you familiar with yeah. Cash Patel? Yeah, yeah. maker yeah. of the 2,000 mules serving in our government. <laughs> he wants, Trump is, well, we'll talk about what position he's considering <gasps> oh, Cash Patel for. Oh, my God. That but is, it gets I, really c- bad. Continue. Continue. <laughs> it gets really bad. You're right. So former President Trump, if elected, would build a cabinet and White House staff based mainly on two imperatives, pre-vetted loyalty to him and a commitment to stretch legal and governance boundaries. Uh, why it matters. So here we go. Trump would fill the most powerful jobs in the government with people like Stephen Miller, Senator J.D. Vance of Ohio, Cash Patel, with the possible return of Steve Bannon. If Trump won in 2024, he'd turn to loyalists who share his zeal to push, punish critics, purge non-believers, and take controversial legal and military action. That's just a variety of things. You know, some of these people have mentioned that they want to jail critics, uh, including government officials and journalists. They want to deport undocumented immigrants or put them in detainment camps. They even want to unleash the military to target drug cartels in Mexico or even possibly crack down on criminals or protesters at home. So using the American military against the people. Um, and also, this is actually none of this. These people that we're mentioning here is speculation. It's not like sources report. They've said it on video as we were talking about Chris earlier. These are their words. The, they are saying this stuff. I digress. Um, 
So Trump hasn't settled on specific roles for all these people, um, but it's all being kind of discussed. Like all these names are just kind of be kind kind of being thrown up in the air. And as it's been reported, Trump and his campaign and his team are spending millions upon millions of dollars to vet loyalists for up to 50,000 lower-level government jobs in the Trump administration. So all these different federal agencies of which kind of change over when the new president is elected. Normally you put in, like, experienced people, you know, people who have worked in this field. You know, they're not really political. You're not going to put in a Democrat or Republican. dude, dude. Dude, you know, dude, you're just putting stop, in people who are good stop, at their job. Just, just, just <laughs> stop your fucking nonsense for a minute. Just shut up. What? The, how did I miss? Dude, this is crazy. No, no, hold on. Obviously, like, I hear the Tucker. I hear the Stephen Miller. I hear the J.D. Vance. I'm like, yeah. okay, this is bad. Yeah, this yeah. line that I'm staring at is actually sends shivers down my spine. I was not aware of this. Actually, Yes. We wrote last month about the multi-million dollar effort to vet loyalists for up to 50,000 lower level government jobs in a Trump administration. That's right. Dude, it's a it's a fuck this is so dude, it's I can't even put into words how terrifying this is like it's it's a it's um you were talking about a you a, a president and an administration that's vetting purely off, you know, it it's a cult. It's the leader. It's a dictatorship. Like, yeah, Chris, I, I just... hate to use that word. I know, I know <laughs> we have, well, you know, we have a, a representative democracy here in America, but this, what the fuck, what, what am I looking at? Now, now, Chris, I just want you to picture something for me, just, just, and for the viewers as well and listeners. Imagine the DOJ, the EPA, all these, all these agencies that do really important work. The Department of Homeland pause, Security. Pause, 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 pause. There's no such thing as the EPA under the Trump administration. Oh, that's right. Sorry. So don't get the EPA that, that, that gone to begin with. Fucking, yeah, that gets demolished. demolished. There's not and even putting a there's not a soul. There, yeah, there's not a soul that works there. Anyway, continue. No, yeah. yeah, so imagine Department of Homeland Security, DOJ, all these agencies and do that do really important work. And the people that are leading them and working in them are not experienced. They have no idea. Like, ask them what the DOJ stands for. They will not know. They've never stepped. They've never been stepped foot in a law class in their entire lives. Uh, they're just going to be. They're they're going to know three words. I love Trump. That's what the, that's what the job qualification is. And uh, imagine FEMA. You know, like a disaster happens. We're seeing like these hurricanes. Uh, you know, pummel Puerto Rico, Florida, all these states in the United States um, during hurricane season. And you need you need a good FEMA response. You saw the hurricane, or the, excuse me, the wildfires in Hawaii. Of course, FEMA was crucial there in getting people back on their feet. Um, Imagine all of that not led by people who know how to lead these organizations who have worked in disaster response or any of that. Imagine they're just Trump loyalists, right? Um, I mean, um, yeah, um, I, you know, I think that like a the first thing that comes to mind here is just discussing with Americans how different a second Trump administration is from the first, right? Trump is eyeing the fact, and you can again hear it from his own words when he gets up on a stage and he says, you know. These people in my own administration did me wrong. You know, I asked them to find the votes or maybe, you know, whatever. Republicans, rhinos, whoever, they, they did me wrong. I asked them to find the votes or I asked them to did this. They didn't do it. I fired him. I fired him. And, you know, it says down here, um, you know, uh, this is very different from the early days of his first term. More conventional officials were there. John Kelly, James Mattis, et cetera. So, you know, 
the the second Trump administration is a cut. Like I, I tell people this, it's it's and this is a perfect article to pull up. It's cutthroat. Like he's not gonna mess it up this time. If he wants, if he wants things to go the way, if it's Trump, you know, if it if it it goes when Trump says it, it it. If Trump wants it, it happens. There is no questions asked. There is no Donald Trump. This is not how the presidency works. That doesn't exist in the second term. There's no pushback from that. There's no people in the administration who watch January 6th and say like, oh, Mr. President, please stop this. It's it's Donald Trump rules all. And also, by the way, I have to point out, I, I laughed in my own head about this at that top here. Trump hasn't settled on specific roles for specific figures. He hates it when his staff and friends speculate <laughs> otherwise. Quote, quote. It's not in his DNA to do detailed personal planning. I don't think it's in Donald Trump's DNA to do fucking – what do you mean it's not in his DNA to do personal planning? I don't know that Donald Trump has ever planned anything ever in his life. It's not in his DNA to fucking know how to do anything. I oh, think I, I, I don't think it's in Donald Trump's DNA to, like, do a fucking load of laundry. I don't. Uh, it's not. What yeah, is in yeah. Donald Trump's DNA? What is it? Right. Anyways, continue. Anyway, anyway, so that <laughs> – so yeah, we're talking about these fifty thousand people, um, and those are of, of course in lower level administration uh, positions, but they still matter. They're very important. Now, here's what's being discussed among Trump and a small group of confidants. Trump openly talks to friends about several possibilities for running mate. Table stakes for these candidates is proving you believe the 2020 election was stolen, and that former Vice President Mike Pence wimped out. Uh, those who are being considered are J.D. Vance. Uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Carrie Lake, Christy Nome, all of these people. Um, and I, I mean, the thought of like, you know, J.D. Vance or Sarah Huckabee Sanders or Carrie Lake, Christy Nome, as any of these people as vice president is terrifying. But you have like, and then you have like Rep. Byron Donalds, who's all, of course, you know, travel with Trump on the campaign. Um, you know, he is being considered for his positions. He would love to be a VP. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who lost her House Committee assignments because she posts uh, baseless conspiracy theories, but also is in the conversation of being VP. But here's an interesting twist to the whole thing. Melania Trump is an advocate for picking Tucker Carlson as VP. She thinks that Carlson would make a powerful onstage extension of her husband, a source close to Donald Trump told us. The First Lady has made few campaign appearances this time around, but a Trump-Carlson ticket might encourage her to hit the trail. Trump was asked last you know, month about Carlson as a potential VP. He said, I like Tucker a lot. He's got great common sense. Right, yeah, Tucker's got great common sense, right? Yeah, okay. for sure. Um, you know, <laughs> I actually saw the Melania Trump thing about Tucker on Twitter, but, you know, Twitter's, a, Twitter's kind of a right-wing cesspool, so I didn't think much of it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I actually think that's, like, really terrifying. I mean, obviously... You know, I, I don't I, – it's very hard to take anything Tucker Carlson says at face value considering, you know, he's the mastermind of a 780 – well, sort of mastermind to a $780 million defamation lawsuit about the 2020 election where the entire time he's like, oh, yeah, I know this wasn't stolen, but I'm going to keep getting on air and saying it was stolen. Yeah. Um, and, you know, essentially single – you know, crumbled Fox News, but – um, I think that's really scary. I think that, like, there's enough Americans who have, like, you know, Fox – and I don't know about the numbers now, but when, you know, Tucker was there and just very recently, they were the highest – they were the most watched cable news network in, in America. And so there's a lot of people who probably don't like Trump but really like Tucker Carlson. Um, and I, I really – I don't like that idea as VP. I don't. Yeah, one heartbeat away from the presidency is Tucker Carlson. I mean, what a joke. Uh, and, you know, it, it, just doesn't, it just doesn't end there. Stephen Miller, 
be your next attorney general. Attorney general. And if not, he would get a cabinet-level role to greatly influence immigration policy. He was obviously the architect of a lot of Trump's most controversial policies, such as family separation. So Stephen Miller is uh, human garbage. Um, And yeah, Mike Davis. Davis, the former chief counsel for nominations to the then Senate Judiciary Chairman Chuck Grassley to be Trump's interim attorney general, saying it would be a, quote, shot across the bow of the swamp, whatever the hell that means. Steve Bannon, in the early days of the Trump, fir- in, in early, excuse me, in the early days of Trump's first term, he'd arguably be the most powerful man on the staff, plotting personnel and policy decisions from Capitol Hill. Um, and he was ousted, of course, but, you know, people are talking about him coming back. Uh, Cash Patel, you know, all these people we're talking about here. Um, you know, may very well make a comeback in the Trump administration, Steve Bannon, all these people that, you know, are garbage human beings, just utter trash, have no idea what they're talking about. And maybe may, and if Trump wins, not only are they coming back, but they might be in high-level cabinet positions influencing some of the most important policy in the United States. That sounds like a fucking nightmare to me. Excuse my language, but that sounds like a nightmare to me. Um, <laughs> please, please, God. Go vote. Go go vote. I need you to put the 2024 date wherever you are. Uh, I need you to get every friend, every family member. You need, you need to go vote for Joe Biden and Joe Biden exclusively because this, dude, that is wild. I had not read the Axios article. I was very not familiar um, with, the, with him vetting such low-level people. Oh, it's, he, it's an like, up-and-down thing. He was, I knew he wasn't going to make mistakes his second term in terms of what he wants, in terms of him having a loyalist. I did not realize it would go that deep. That is, when does this guy run out of cash? He has, bro, this shit is so confusing to me. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't pay, he, he, he's forced to pay $5 million to E. Jean Carroll. You know, he, he hasn't paid it, as far as I'm aware. Um, and, you know, there's all these question marks. He's spending absurd amounts of money on legal fees right now. Like, absurd amounts. Like, guys, you have to assume, right, this man is facing 91 felonies um, and all these civil cases. And every lawyer he's got is charging at least $600 an hour. Minimum. Minimum. That man is spending tens of hundreds of millions of dollars. And I've seen them even talk about on Fox, like, it's very unclear. No one's like really understands how much cash this guy has. That's another like misconception very quickly amongst Trump supporters is like it's actually really unclear how much money this guy has. Like no one really knows. Like we have some bits and pieces of some tax returns where he's holding like insanely high amounts of debt. Um, but like he never releases tax returns. He's on trial right now for fraud about, you know, um, um, uh, inflating the, the, the worth of his property, his property. So like I don't know. I'm just saying there's a curveball in here where this fucking guy runs out of cash. He needs to uh, – anyway. Anyway. Yeah, no, I mean – Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean um, – yeah, I mean this is happening. And, you know, people – this is, again, like when we talk about the dictatorship. Like people don't understand that if Trump – you know, what Trump would do here is is um, invoke this – I think it's like Title F of this certain law that allows him to just uh, – well, Trump administration officials or Trump loyalists think that it gives him the right to basically fire all these people. And if that's upheld in court, he could fire them. And people are like, well, how could we ever get a dictatorship when Donald Trump fills every important agency with people who only does what he <laughs> wants them to do? That's how yeah. the fuck we get a dictatorship right. when he puts yes, court. Right. When, there are so many Trump judges out there <laughs> who have been rated by the American Bar Association, a nonpartisan group. American Bar Association is unqualified. 
So how you get a Trump <laughs> right. dictatorship? Easy. Uh, get 50,000 loyalists in the government in crucial, uh, in crucial agencies. Appoint a bunch of judges that don't know what the hell they're doing except I love Trump. And then boom. Every court no, ruling mean, will be in Trump's favor. Every that's, oh my god. That no, that's actually incredibly well said. Because again, like people are like that would never happen. It's like even on like a lower level, like just from a logical stance, like we're seeing it happen. Like we're seeing people who don't believe or have been caught privately being like, I don't like Donald Trump. I don't believe what he says, but they have spit the most nonsensical stuff of like you know literally carrying around a trump statue bowing every knee to donald trump we've seen private text messages that trump posted i don't even know from who where he's getting spam texted like please mr trump please endorse me i i love you so much i mentioned you on the camp these people literally it's embarrassing but they are they they we have seen a group of people who are willing to say anything to get on trump's side because in their mind they think that if they trump gives them the endorsement that's their ticket to high up positions, to a successful to career, to Congress, to the vice presidency, to a cabinet official spot. That's pure selfishness. But we're already seeing that in multiple different ways with multiple different people who are Trump loyalists who don't believe it. So now just imagine Trump vets a bunch of people who are sitting around who have no qualifications who are like, hmm, it would really, really be nice to like make a bunch of money and be well known. I love you, Trump. I love you so much. I've never loved anyone more. There's fifty thousand people in America who would do that. Oh, oh, Chris, it, you don't you don't even have to get people who are like, you know, publicly loyal to Trump, but privately, get fucking Larry from my live stream who is saying that the documents are fake. Put him in the EPA. <laughs> Put him in the Department of Homeland Security. <laughs> yeah, Larry. Get listen, Larry's on construction. No, Larry. <laughs> Dude, Larry, Larry's on fucking guys. I'm so sorry about my hair, dude. My hair's ridiculous. Um, I keep, I can't fucking see. I keep on the movie. Dude, Larry, Larry's gonna be on EPA construction duty, like, cause there's gonna be this, there's these huge regional EPA buildings. Like, there's one in Atlanta for the southeast. Larry's gonna be head of construction. Like, yep, yep. That bulldozer straight through, tear it down, planting yeah. the explosives. Because EPA is not going to exist. They got to get rid of those buildings. So once Larry's done with uh, with fucking with tearing up the EPA and the buildings and gutting that whole thing, I guess he'll uh, he'll get another spot. Yeah, I actually just got some breaking news on my phone that Larry's being considered for assistant to attorney general <laughs> in the Trump administration. Yeah, well, fucking, you know? fucking Larry, dude. Yeah, look out for Larry in the in the Trump administration, man. Yeah, I mean seriously. Dude, I mean you don't insanity. you don't even need people who are who are publicly loyal to him, but privately not. Just put in put in like Larry, put in David, yeah, put in John. Literally, literally, literally yeah. guys. Like if you um, before we before we end this off, we do do we have been doing like a lot more debates on yeah. TikTok Live. So like my TikTok is Chris d mallory it'll be in the bio if you're watching on spotify or youtube whatever and then harry j sisson we do these debates um separately on our own accounts we're like we'll put up something like um like why do you like donald trump or like come debate me about trump and we get trump supporters up one-on-one and we debate them live or you know a couple thousand people a couple hundred people whatever to watch dude the people you get like it'll blow your mind it's very entertaining it would mean a lot if you just you can't come check it out because yeah, Harry had uh, Harry had Larry tonight, and Larry, I listened for a bit. I had I, Harry. I'm not lying to you. I had to turn off my phone because I at my like I was getting like worked up because yeah. I watched the part where you're like he found he was found liable for sexually abusing um, and sexual abuse and defamation against E. Jean Carroll. I have the court documents right here, and he was like, "That's not real. Yep, it's fake. Yep, what? What? What the fuck? What, are, what are we?" <laughs> 
Holy shit. But don't worry. He's going to be Holy the next attorney general shit. of the United States. Don't worry. Yep. He'll be on the Supreme That's, Court in no time. That should, that, should be, <laughs> that should be the name of the episode. Actually, we can't call people out. Like I said. Yeah, there we go. There we, go. We, can't, we can't do that. We can't. God, I mean, what a mess. I mean, this is, this is oh, why we're streaming man. on TikTok every day. It's important to vote, man. I, mean, I can't have Larry knocking is. on my door as FBI agent number five, you know, in the Trump administration. <laughs> FBI agent Larry be like, yep, Harry, you're coming with us, buddy. You're coming yeah, with yeah, us. Yeah, you posted yeah, yeah. too many anti-Trump TikToks. Listen, guys, this was very fun. Um, this was a different way than we've done all the rest of our episodes. It's why we took a two-week break. We're going to kind of come with this theme now. Uh, let us know in the comments if you like it or DM us if you like it. You can email us questions. We want to get really get back to the end of these episodes answering people's questions or if you just want to say something and want to be featured on the podcast, your email will be put up here. The email is questions at cmhsunplugged.com and I'll put a little text bubble in the middle if you're watching on YouTube you can check that out it's also in the bio Spotify wherever you're listening questions at cmhsunplugged we're on a bunch of other platforms we also still do have our Patreon however um, we're, there's that's also kind of getting a uh, a complete makeover redo um, so we do appreciate everyone who supported so far I might end up start sending money back because I know it has not been great and the fact that you guys would even just listen you don't money doesn't matter the fact that you guys would just listen means a the absolute you guys have a place in our hearts so uh yeah i'm working on the patreon but if you are someone who is subscribed i want you to know i love you you are so special to me i appreciate you i might send a refund i'm just trying to we're really just trying to work a bunch of stuff out but we do appreciate you a lot so with that being said we'll be back here monday 1 p.m any parting words harry no but we appreciate the hell out of you guys thank you for listening yes well. we do uh now now it's late maybe i'll uh go like <laughs> kick your ass in that or something yeah, you wish buddy you wish champ how do, run, how do you run? How do you run? How do you run? How do you run four verts on third and ten? It's such like a mid play, dude. You know how I, you know like, how I do like it. A, I run it and then I dot you no, up. No, it's it's no, it's casual. Like that's a casual play. I can see fucking PA crossers from like a mile away. I mm -hmm. like I see the formation, dude. You then stop run it. Better. Then stop it. You you can't I will. stop that's it. Why I beat you. One two. That's why I've beat you, you like four games in a row. You've never beaten me. You've never beaten me oh. in that. Are you taking are you taking the Trump stance now? Like, oh, it never happened. Even when oh, I pull up the pictures, oh, you're like, oh, this guy's literally a liar. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, guys. We'll catch you in the next one, Monday, one o'clock. We appreciate you guys a lot. Peace.